Hi, this is Feed, Play, Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. My son turned two in May this year and just recently he started to have some enormous tantrums. Last night, he smacked me right in the face. It was a good one. There was a red impression on my hand, on my cheek, and it made me realize that he's heading into an age where he will feel big emotions and not always know what to do with them. His sister, who's four, has her own challenges still with big emotions. So how do we teach our kids self-regulation? To understand big feelings like anger, excitement, sadness, and even happiness without feeling overwhelmed by those feelings. Danielle Jans deals with big emotions on a regular basis as a childcare manager with the Benevolent Society. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. Thank you. Now, I know there's a big difference between a two-year-old and a four-year-old when it comes to this stuff. There is. So what age can we start to teach our kids about self-regulation? In all honesty, I think vocabulary around understanding what emotions are right from when you've got a tiny baby often you'll see a parent or or whoever's a primary carer or somebody with a baby and if the baby's upset they'll say oh you're upset you're already starting that dialogue for them they're already getting the understanding and the feedback from the person caring for them and with them that this is an emotion and this is what it feels like and this is what it looks like and someone's here with me while I experience that. So you can so my two year old who doesn't have a lot of language at the moment mm. but understands a lot. Absolutely. That still makes sense to him. Absolutely. And it's the start of them having such a rich experience of emotions. It can be really tricky for us that we tend to use quite narrow, quite a small number of emotions. So we use anger and sadness and happy and excited. Where if you actually take the time to think about it, there are so many emotions that we experience over any particular day sometimes. Um, So it's great if you can, I actually have up charts and sheets with lots of different words that explain and describe lots of different emotions. Just for myself to remember that emotions are so wide and so varied and any emotion has the potential to overwhelm us for children and for adults. We, we can all have those. I think overwhelmed is a great way of describing when you're having a really intense response to a reaction, whether it's a positive response or, or not a great one. Because I was thinking that when I was thinking about self-regulation, normally what I think about is, you know, when they're angry or sad, that those are the ones that I want to manage. But then there are times, um, you know, when they're so excited or so happy that in a way they're also not dealing with those emotions because they're bouncing off the the walls and I mean often I'm like okay I'm quite happy for you to be that excited and happy you're not hurting yourself but still I mean is that something we need to be aware of as well that those positive emotions can be massive tidal waves for them? (laughs) Absolutely even just for my own um, I've got a little person who's just turned eight and if he's got a friend coming over He's quite mad with excitement (laughs) and I know that I've kind of got to write off the first 15 minutes just helping him contain that pure energy of delight and excitement that he's got one of his friends coming over and then it all settles down and off we go. So I now know that I have some time with him before his friend comes over where we just talk about how excited we are 
and what that looks like, what that feels like, and what we can do to get some of that energy out. So we might bounce a ball around, we might jump on the trampoline, we might jump up and down. Um, there's all of those things that that help support children to understand what it is that's happening for them. It sounds like there's a lot of power in naming. Very much so. Naming is such an important part. And often we do it without even realising how significant it is for the people around us. And it may just be, wow, you're really frustrated. Your tower just fell down for the third time and I can see your fr- your face is all wrinkly and you're really frustrated about that. I'm here to help. And that, um, I remember we had a conversation similar to this when Darcy was younger. Yes. And I tried it. Yes. And what surprised me was, you know, say she's in the back seat having mm-hmm. a massive tantrum because we've just left her nana. Yeah. Just saying to her, oh, you're sad because you left Nana or you're angry or frustrated, you wanted to stay there, that actually calmed her down. I mean, how does, is that the main purpose of naming it? Absolutely. What naming does is, it it does a few things actually, and you've done it really, really well, and that's a perfect example. So (laughs) well done to you. Well done to you. Thank you, Danielle. (laughs) And and it works for adults too. Sometimes sometimes we don't even realise we're that wound up. And I did it this morning. I was all wound up and my husband said, it's okay, we've got time for you to breathe. <laughs> and all of a sudden I went, oh, my gosh. Was that in a pleasant do. tone or a good tone? <laughs> and it was just, oh, wow. I was just in such a hurry to, to power through the morning. Um, so it just helps to rejig and it helps us to realise, you know what? You've just said to your, your little friend, look, this is what's happened for you. You've just said goodbye and you're really upset about it and and that's okay. And it tells them, you get me. You get exactly what's happening for me. And yes, you know, that's right. Sometimes we just need someone to say, you know what? I'm here with you. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and I'm speaking with Danielle Jens, who is a childcare manager at Benevolent Society, at the Benevolent Society and our guru when it comes to young children <laughs> and behaviour. She's my go-to person. Um, so when we talk about self-regulation, um, and you've just mentioned naming things mm. helps children to settle down and understand their emotions. Is that the first step or is that a continuous thing that you just keep working on all the time? If you can just feed it into your natural vocabulary with your children, it has far more impact because what it's doing is adding a richness to their experience of their own emotions. And over time, you'll actually find that you'll start to put in more emotional words like frustration or excitement or delight or overwhelmed. Um, The more that you do it, and it just starts to become second nature. And it's wonderful that often children, after they've experienced a big emotion, can often come and talk to you in those terms. And it does help them to understand what's just happened, but also that they've got you there to help them support them through it. And nothing's so big and so overwhelming that we can't work through it together. Are there um, any, I guess, activities that help that can help parents sort of explore this a little bit more? I mean, what you're talking about is everyday language and Absolutely. speaking to them. Are there activities you can do that help as well? Of course, especially if you find that your little person has a particular trigger moment. It might be oversharing, which often happens yes. with two-year-olds. You, you may, or it can happen with anybody, but often you'll start to see that with two-year-olds um, because they're far more physically capable, so they can have a struggle with someone over something, um, but also they're starting to become more articulate as well, so those verbal skills can kick in 
for different children at different times. So I think if you've got the opportunity to know what your particular struggle is when your child gets overwhelmed, for example, sharing, taking time to practice with them when it's not a struggle gives them continued experience and a bit of a blueprint to refer back to when they when they are having a difficult time. So you'll have your you, to go to the block example. Ah, oh, let's build the blocks together. You put the green block, now I'm putting the red block. Now it's your turn. Now it's my turn. Now it's your turn. Now it's my turn. And over time you can in, if you've got the opportunity, you may have a sibling or it may be with a friend or somebody else or or another person in the house. You can have a third person join in and then you start to name whose turn it is and they start to realize that actually it's okay because I will get a turn. Everybody will get a turn. And my special person's here to make sure that that happens. Yes. Interesting. (laughs) You've got to to invest the time, haven't you? you, Look, you do. You do. Um, But there are those times, that's in an ideal world. Not everything's always going to go according to the best best laid plans. Well, I love the idea, though. It sounds quite simple in in terms of just naming things. So, Danielle, thank you for at least giving us that a step to start with now. You're welcome. That's Danielle Jens. She's a childcare manager with the Benevolent Society. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.